0: Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe.
1: What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Brooke. Joining me on this show is Kui from Amakua Fitness in Temple Terrace, Florida. Welcome to the show. How are you today? I am great. How are you? I'm good. Super excited to have you here in front of me and to learn more about, you know, what you do. But really, before we dive into that full force, tell us a little bit about what it was that got you started in this industry of being a gym owner. Yeah, so... Really long story short, I got into
2: fitness when I was in the military, loved it, decided I wanted it to be a full-time job, so I decided to continue that career as I ventured out of the military, and then I just got tired of, you know, being let go, so I decided, you know what, I'm just going to open my own, so nobody can let me go unless I let myself go, so...
1: Well, that's cool. So, you know, you were involved in this, you know, during your time in the military and then, you know, afterwards kind of had a run in with, you know, some other fitness businesses and you learned a lot during that time. And so, you know, that yes. So that takes you to your own facility and now you have have your own gym. So for our listeners, what I'll have you do now is just kind of give us your elevator pitch. You know, tell us about who you are and what you have to offer at your facility. Yeah, so my name is Makaneri Latu Kuinlani Kuinlani, but
2: everybody calls me Kui for short. I am the gym owner and founder of Amakua Fitness. And here we are Ohana First and Fitness Second, where we place our foundations first, making sure that you implement all of the founding movements that we have, which is the air squat, back squat, push up, before we even give you guys weight training. We offer CrossFit ish classes, mostly functional fitness classes, personal training, one on one and we are really really big on bringing you into the ohana so we don't call each other a class we call each other ohana here bringing a little piece of
1: home from where I'm from Maui Hawaii to Temple Terrace I love it. And I think that's so like so unique for this area. Uh, For those who are unfamiliar, Temple Terrace is just kind of like right outside of Tampa, like 30, 40 minutes, um, obviously, depending on traffic. But um, so super close to Tampa. But, you know, there's not a lot of that Polynesian culture in this area. And so I think that it's so cool that you, you know, were able to use something that you're passionate about, fitness, and kind of something that's like a part of you, your family um your heritage and like pour it into this business um so props to you for creating that um so for you know the listeners here what kind of are you guys doing mostly classes is it personal training um you know what offerings do you have available for for your clients yeah so what we offer here
2: is mainly Classes. I do personal training one on one, but that is on, of course, an asking basis. Most people that personal train with me is in between my classes, which is the big break between 10 and 2. I'm also playing, you know, single mother. So I'm playing mom to three growing boys. So I have to juggle all of that. But we do a lot of classes. Our earliest class starts at 5 a.m. for all my go getters, mostly the people that need to be to work super early. And then I have my latest class that goes all the way to 6 p.m.
1: Okay, cool. So how many class times do you have a day?
2: Oh, so I currently have eight. And then on top, classes. Yeah, I have eight classes. I teach every single one. I am the sole owner and only coach at this time. Because again, I'm, I'm brand new, just building. Okay. So I do not have any coaches with me. I did have co-coaches, which was a hidden and miss. They've moved. It had nothing to do with me not wanting them. I wanted them to stay. But one moved back to my home, actually back to my island, Maui. So now it's just me coaching classes.
1: Okay, so you have eight classes a day. Yes. And um, how many members do you guys have right now? So right now
2: we're seeing between 14. I usually juggle between 14 to 16. Um, They're not really big, big classes. Most of the classes uh, range from two all the way up to six. I would love to uh, cap it at 10, which is what would be the, you know, the magic number for any gym owners to
1: reach their cap every class. So ideally, if you have eight classes a day and you're hitting 10 people per class, you could ideally house 80 people. Does that sound realistic to you?
2: It sounds so realistic. Actually, my big number this year was 40. I was hoping that I'd you know, if 80 would be the class, that would be the, oh, then I could definitely hit 40. And right now we're, we're not, we're nowhere near close, but that doesn't mean it's not possible, you know? Yeah. I mean, nothing's, nothing is impossible. (laughs) Nothing. I mean, I didn't even think I'd be here and here I am. So
1: yeah. So you have a goal of this year hitting 40. Yeah. Um, so what are you guys like actively doing to aid that growth process? How are people hearing about your gym? Like, how are you getting out there in the community? Talk to us a little bit about that.
2: Yeah. So a lot of social media. So um, of course, business cards and flyers are fun and all, but uh, apparently, uh, you know, according to my college students, that was way years ago and that I needed to get more on my social media platform. Fun fact, I used to, I only actually opened a TikTok because of my kids. When COVID hit, they loved it. They wanted to be part of it. And of course, me being a mama bear, I wanted to have full control over this app. And then it now dived into being really a gym promoter for uh, myself and my business. So now I do a lot of social media, which comes TikToks, Instagram. We do free um, friend Fridays where it's bring a friend Friday every first Friday of the month. AKA Aloha Fridays is what we call it here. And then uh, get togethers, so big events. So right now we have Murph coming up, which I'm a combat vet, so that is a huge, huge thing for me so uh Murph this Sunday will be hosting I have Kona Ice coming for the kids if people want to bring their family just to watch them do it and participate um I have a very very popular photographer coming to take our pictures and that's what I try to do I try to get a lot involved in the gym and then hopefully word of mouth which is where I've gotten most of my people from is word of mouth and of course social media
1: Yeah. Word of mouth is good in this industry. It's free. And for us, like all we have to do is just be nice to our current clients and we're naturally going to have good word of mouth. Um, However, like word of mouth, organic social media, it's not like a way for us to really control the growth of our business because we can't be like, All right, we're gonna post this TikTok and we're gonna, you know, bring in 10 new clients from it because it just doesn't work that way. And we can't, you know, control the word of mouth on the streets because we can't tell Sarah, who's our member at our facility, to go tell every single one of her friends about us, and then all of those friends are gonna come in. It just doesn't work that way. One month we might get 10 good referrals, and the next month we might get none. And so when we think about, you know, growing our business in a measurable way things that we can do are digital advertising. So instead of business cards and flyers, like it was back in the day, we look at like advertisements on TikTok, advertisements on Facebook, Instagram. And I know that you're huge on these platforms. You have a wonderful social media presence, but have you ever thought to, you know, do any sort of digital ads on those platforms?
2: Yeah, I actually, so I did do a digital ad the very first when I opened, that's actually what was, um, I was hoping to bring in revenue. And then I, I actually ended up getting more revenue just from my postings and tagging. And so instead what I did was I took down the ads and I just really, really focused on my Amakua page. Like my Amakua has its own Instagram. Of course I have mine and my business has its own, but I continuously post on that page. And I make it very, very, very memorable for people. So when people come in, they really feel like they already know the individuals in class. Um, A great example would be last week. I did have a drop-in. And the drop-in came in. She got to meet the certain individuals in the class she dropped into. She's like, I feel like I know all of you. I've been watching you on Instagram. You guys are amazing. I love your squat. And when she said that, that just like that lit a fire up in me. I was like, yeah, that's awesome. I was like, because they feel like they've already been part of our ohana here at Amakua. But um, Google Ads, I've tried, um, and they just weren't they weren't as successful as I thought they would be. So. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think it's it's kind of a tricky thing to figure out. Ultimately, yeah. like you're doing good with your social media now because people like your current clients feel seen because of the job, the good job that you're doing. But it's like, you know, if your goal is to get 40 people or eventually 80 people, like what can you do to reach those people that definitely don't know that you exist? Um, and, you know, looking at some of the comments like on your TikTok, for example, people are like, oh, my God, you're in Templeton. Harris, that's five minutes away from me. Like I didn't even know that. Um, I didn't even know that you're here. And so it's like, what can you do to get those people to like hear about you? And so um, that that's kind of where I go back to the digital ads piece. If you don't know how to do it, it stinks to spend money on it. And we've all been there. Um, we. <laughs> we've we've all been there literally it's it's a hard thing to figure out like you were a combat vet you did fitness in the military badass right but you don't know how to do the digital advertising piece and neither do I but there's I mean people to out there to help you with that because like it is the way to to bring in clients these days and think about like all the people that would be interested in being a part of your ohana that like literally don't even know that you exist like 10 Perfect. minutes. Away from
2: um, That's like the so- biggest take to the heart because I see all the comments all the time. I'm like, I am right around the corner. I am. This is my address. This is the unit. Yeah. It's, oh, it's very frustrating. Super, super <laughs>
1: frustrating. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard, and and so when you think about spending money on ads, you obviously want to see a return on investment, and so it can be scary, to say the least, to put a dollar down and then not get that money, if not more, back. Um, and that's a fear that a lot of gym owners have, especially small business owners like yourself. Wow. Um, you know, why would I spend my money if I don't know if I'm going to make money? Um, but you know, hopefully down the road, you can kind of figure out a rhythm there so that you can utilize it. Um, you know, within your business, because your content is amazing. Like (laughs) it's so creative. Um, so next question that I have for you would be, you know, in terms of memberships, what do you have uh, available? So like, uh, if, if somebody comes in and they want to sign up for a membership, is it one specific membership or do you sell a variety of different? Members? Yeah, no. So I do do a variety. It's not a huge variety because like I
2: said, I, I want everybody to be one in this gym. That's always the goal. I didn't like the separation in a lot of the other gyms that I um, coached at. So we have an unlimited membership that somebody can come in, come in any time of the day, That's including our um, non-class schedule, which we uh, we nickname Open Gym, if they wanted to do their own programming or do the programming that we offer just at their own time because they can't make it to a class with me. Uh, We also offer a three-time membership where they are allowed to still come in, still be part of Wattify, which is like a journal that they all get to um, check and see who's doing what for that day and how well they're doing. And that would be a three-time membership. They'd come either Monday through Friday and exclude the weekends. And then we have what's called a drop-in fee. So obviously if anybody wants to come in and drop in for a class, they're more than welcome to do so. And I also offer the first drop-in free because I'm a huge believer that you need to try something out at least once to see if you really, really like it. So, and for my newcomers, I always say, you're, you're allowed to come in, try a free class, or if you've never done any type of weightlifting, I do a free consultation first to see if a class is suitable for them or if they need to do personal training one-on-one first before they can hop right into a class.
1: Awesome. I'm glad that you have, you know, different things available for people to take advantage of. Um, would you say that the bread and butter of your clients, are they kind of on that unlimited membership? Yes.
2: So what truly happens is they'll start at the three and then they'll realize that they just miss, I, w- I want to say me, but they miss that the, that endorphins they get from working out. So then they just bump it to, to unlimited literally the following week. And it just becomes their daily routine, which is what I've always wanted. I wanted to teach healthy habits, even if it wasn't going full throttle, but showing up and working on the days you really don't feel like working out.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think, you know, most of our clients ideally would work out four or five times a week if we had it available. So it's good that that that's kind of, you know, something that you push within the facility. And so Next question. And this is where gym owners listening to the show can really, really relate. And so what's a challenge? What's a bottleneck that you're facing within the business that has kind of held you back from continuing to grow?
2: Well, there's a lot. So let's pick one, shall we? Because we only got an hour. Um...
1: (laughs) When it
2: comes to being a small business owner, I would say for at least on my aspect, on my side of things is being able to promote and I say promote it's because I am never off. I am constantly always on and being a single mother of three, that's very, very hard. I have to be able to separate my family time versus my business time, which is um, something that I finally got the hang of this past year. Um, and I've been open for a year, so it took me a year to get to get into it. But um, being able to promote and promote and not um, get into what I like to call the, <laughs> the addiction of answering wider way, like knowing that it is okay to leave it be, let it be. And then hopefully that person's still waiting for me the following morning. Because um, in most scenarios, most gyms have, a plethora of people that work for them so they can answer 24 7 i am not a 24 7 coach i am a 24 7 mom and that's the job that i choose to put first so that would that would definitely be one
1: yeah, yeah and 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 let me be honest with you here there's things out there to make that you know initial contact contact with your clients while it's fresh on their mind like more automated so that like you know like they know like that you're gonna reply Um, before they go and they find another gym I think like industry-wide the average is like you have four minutes between the time that somebody inquires on your website or sends you a message or calls you you have four minutes to like reach out to them initially and as a parent like that's impossible right Um, you can't you know if somebody inquires at 9 p.m you can't reach out to them within four minutes because you're putting your kids to bed Um, but there's you know things out there like you could kind of schedule conversations around your free time you can send like a text like hey you know like this is our off hours but I'll call you in the morning um you know things like that um, are definitely options that help with that initial contact piece we call that lead nurture in this industry Uh, Mm -hmm. from the minute that somebody reaches out to you what are you doing to get them in the doors of your facility because a lot of times you know that's where businesses are lacking they are getting you know five, 10 leads a week, but they can only get like one in the door because they're not following up. Um, And that's a huge challenge. I mean, especially for you, you're a one-man show and you're a mom um, (laughs) full-time. So, you know, that's definitely a challenge that I'm sure you can overcome with the right systems in place. So, you know, other than that piece, what else do you have to share that you're kind of going through that you feel like somebody else might be able to relate to? Yeah, and then with the small business is uh, funding funding is huge um people
2: like to think oh you know you're an entrepreneur you make tons of money and i'm just like actually no it's the complete complete opposite and then it's you finally you find that friends and family like want the friends and family discount they're like oh do i get ohana 15 off my class or ohana free class once a week and i'm like no I was like no I was like this this is as much as fun as this may look or seem this is what's paying the bills so we have to either pay to play or I'll see on the other side so that's that's another huge one is funding being able to use that revenue right now what I do for my revenue is I like invest right back into my gym Um, like currently uh, I was looking into ropes and so we finally got our rope I don't know if you can see it behind me. It's pretty cool. It's like, but we finally got ropes and then just investing into like the smaller things like jump ropes, wrist wraps, stuff like that for my gym members. Um, so instead of taking home a big check, I'm really, I'm really in the hole um, until I can be well facilitated and then hoping that having the proper equipment plus of course a great coaching will bring in more individuals and see that I am truly invested to what I like to do and what I love you
1: know? Yeah. Yeah, of course. And I, you know, the more value that we can bring to our clients, the better we can serve them. But also like when we look at it from like a selfish standpoint, I guess, like the more value that we can, give our clients the more money that we're going to make and the more successful our business is going to be and the more money we can take home and we don't have to struggle and there won't be funding issues and so you know thinking about right now you offer gym memberships um, you have maybe a couple personal training clients what are ways that you feel like you can really Are there any additional layers to that that you've thought about adding that will kind of increase the revenue within the facility and help with the finances piece? Yeah. So I actually looked into like gear.
2: Cause I know a lot of people have been asking about gear hoodies. I, I actually just got a hoodie made with her in the back of it. She's like, she is just like the be all that's like the mini Kui. Um, but, and then like um, also implementing, cause what I usually do is I gift hooks. Everybody gets a um, Hawaiian hook that is personally made by Hawaiian himself. And it's blessed by a Kumu. Uh, kumu is just more like an elderly. And uh, that we call in the Hawaiian culture, and so for a gym member, they usually get that on top of them. That that has helped tremendously. I've been doing that since day one. Everybody hangs their little hooks on their view mirrors. It brings good luck, and then whenever they drive around, they're like, "Oh my god!" They're like, "You go to the same gym." I mean, it's it's something super simple, but something that has helped out a lot. So now that I'm looking into more things, I'm like, "Okay, tank tops, t-shirts, hoodies, eventually." And so right now, I'm actually looking into that. It's just
1: right now the market's crazy high.
2: Yeah. For materials. And,
1: and, and when you think about that too, you don't want to order stuff and spend your money on it. If you don't know if it's going to sell. Right. Um, yeah. So like having a stock is sometimes hard. Um, right. so you can always do things like pre-orders and stuff like that to make sure that you have the money before you order mm-hmm. it. Um, that's definitely something that I've seen that, you know, people do, and I've done myself that helps with, um, that, you know, out of pocket expense. And so moving on from this question, what's your goal with this business? If I could hand you a magic wand and I was like, all right, cool. You can have whatever you want. Um, all of your dreams for this business have came true. What would that picture look like for you?
2: Oh my goodness see, I'm gonna get emotional. I don't... It's okay. <laughs> I was Share trying not to Share get it. emotional and I'm like, dang <laughs> it. She asked a very, very, very hard question. <laughs> um, if it was, if this gym could be anything, it could be, it, it would literally, like I said, it would be the 40 plus clients with all, all the equipment that I could imagine that could fit in this three storage unit, uh, it, three storage units, not, it's nothing, it's nothing. Um, I would say great to the eye until you open the doors. And so like, for example, I only have two rowers. I would love to have four so I can actually do a full class with a rowing workout in it. Um, my rig is, you know, a half the size that it needs to be. I wish I can go full size. There's just so many, that is a layered question. But if you gave me a one, I made it perfect. I would definitely say um, having the clientele and having the equipment so we can actually do all the workouts that um, we want to do but right now we're still we're still growing so we do it what we have.
1: Yeah okay. so you know we said this earlier on in the podcast maybe it was off air I don't remember but I said nothing is impossible and you were like, yeah, nothing is impossible. So since you know that's a goal for you, what do you have to do? What do you feel like has to happen now for you to make that goal? a reality, you know, sooner rather than later, because I think I know that it's definitely (laughs) something that you can achieve and you have the fire and the passion behind what you do. So what has to happen now for you to get there?
2: Yeah. So, um, right now I'm just doing a lot of, a lot of very, very meticulously spending in the sense of just on my own. So, With obviously trying to get my name out there. Like I've got banners made, I'm getting more banners made. Um, I'm also, you know, saving like, unfortunately, me and my children will not be going to a summer vacation, we'll be doing those (laughs) staycations. (laughs) <laughs> like people were doing during covid just to save money on that aspect but i have been hitting the ground hard since day 1 and i continue to hit it hard through just the smallest things i think that's what the biggest takeaway as being a, a business owner and running everything myself i realized that it's really not the big things it's the little things it's if i have an hour to spare because nobody is signed in for that class instead of just you know i call it lollygagging that's a, a term we use in the army um using it to my benefit you know let me get back on the computer let me talk to another business that local see if they want to you know collab maybe do like you know meet me at the bar where it's all ladies class and have them bring you know whatever they offer drinks snacks and that's it's the little thing so that's what i've been doing Um, actually i started this year that was my goal for my year of being open in april so using my my
1: um time with purpose that's that's great. And I think that's a something with it as a business owner, we struggle to find time. And when we do have time, it's like, oh, we want to relax. But just like yeah. we have to be purposeful when we do have an hour. I mean, you're teaching eight classes a day. You have kids. You're you're busy, busy, busy. So how do you be resourceful with that time? And and, and so it sounds like you just are very meticulous in planning that. Yeah. Uh, that Yeah, hour. <laughs> big planner. Um, You know, last question, share your social media handles with us so that our listeners can go check you out. Oh, so, yeah. So, I mean, it's super simple, though, very difficult because it's a Hawaiian name. But
2: Amakua Fitness is my handle for Instagram, also Facebook. I am the only Amakua LLC out there, so it should be really easy to find. And then just me as a coach, I am I keep it raw and rare. I never, ever switch who I am. I know people have niches, but I don't. I'm a mom, I'm a gym owner, and I like to think I'm a side comedian. So that's what you'll see on mine. And mm-hmm. uh, mine is Machinetti underscore A.K underscore uh, Pui. so
1: perfect well I really appreciate you taking time out of your busy day to sit down and have this conversation with me I'm really really excited you know that we could share some of this with our listeners um so thanks once again and for our listeners thank you guys for tuning in don't forget if you want to stay notified about future episodes hit like and subscribe and if you want to join us for an episode here at the gym lords podcast fill out the link in the description and we will be in touch with you soon as always until next time Jim lords out
0: thank you for listening to this interview but Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview.
3: What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. My name is Bree. I will be your host today, and I'm here with Dave from the Exercise Coach of Dyer in Dyer, Indiana. What's up, Dave? How are you today?
4: I'm good, Bree. How are you?
3: Doing well. Thank you for taking the time to join us. I appreciate it.
4: Happy to do it.
3: All right. Awesome. Let's jump right into the details here. How did you get started? What is it that made you want to own your own gym?
4: Sure. I actually got started uh, within the exercise coach uh, system itself about 15 years ago uh, as a client. I'm kind of like the hair club for men guy there. (laughs) I was a regional sales director for a Fortune 500 company for 23 years. And I would travel all the time. I wasn't in the greatest of health and shape at that point in time at about 43 years old. And so I went to the exercise coach facility in Crown Point uh, where I lived and started training twice a week for 20 minutes, dropped about 40 pounds, felt much better and uh, really, really appreciated um, the change in my life, how how it affected me physically, emotionally, mentally and everything else. And at the same time, uh, my 23-year career was kind of winding down to an end after several downsizing, corporate changes, chapter 11s, and buyouts. And uh, I just didn't want to go back into corporate America. And I found a passion for for what we do and, and how we deliver things at the Exercise Coach, and I became part of the system.
3: Awesome. Okay. So, had your own great experience, and then it made sense for you to own your own and share that with other people absolutely so love that
4: yeah but what it did for me I was I was excited to, to help other people
3: yes absolutely okay so as far as the business model goes within the facility can you walk us through how that works are you doing one-on-one semi-privates any group classes what does all that sure. look like
4: yeah so we're a, a small personal boutique studio um, my my facility is a thousand square feet We offer personal one-on-one training as well as what we call small group training. Mm -hmm. Uh, We limit it to a maximum of five people in a group. And if there's five people in a group, there's two coaches working with them. If there's less than five, sometimes it might be one coach working Mm -hmm. with them, but we never have more than a four to one ratio uh, coach to client. It's always very private, quiet, safe. We want people to feel comfortable coming into the environment. Um, And so it's, it's been a, it's actually been the exercise coach model for, for 15 years.
3: Yeah, absolutely. It allows that one-on-one attention, even in that small group setting.
4: Yep, they're still getting coaching guidance and everything else.
3: Right, absolutely. Okay. And as far as membership goes, how many clients or members are you currently serving?
4: Yeah, currently we have about 170 clients that are active with us.
3: Wow. Okay. All right. So 170 clients in a thousand square foot studio. That's good.
4: Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah.
3: Awesome. Yeah. But okay. It's
4: still very comfortable. It's, it's, we're not, you know, we're not overcrowded and that's one of the biggest things we want it to feel like a comfortable environment to, to people. As you, as you know, the hardest thing for people to do is come through that door the very first time
3: and, Absolutely.
4: Uh, you want to make them feel safe and excited.
3: Yes. Yes, for sure. Okay. And how have you grown the membership to that point? What does marketing look like for you? How are you getting the word out there about your facility and what you do?
4: Sure. Um, 90% of what we do is digital marketing, Facebook, Instagram, and that's that's our most successful avenue. We certainly do other things, but um, referrals are another big thing for us. Uh-huh. You know, Happy clients bring other happy clients in. And, and I've always stated that our, our job is to make clients advocates of what we do. So uh, between digital marketing and and word of mouth, that's really what's generated and and grown our business.
3: Okay. And on the digital marketing side of things, so a lot of people are afraid to get into the digital marketing world. And a lot of people refer, um, rely rather on referrals and word of mouth. Yes. And while I love referrals and word of mouth, they're just not... A reliable system to generate leads for your business. Correct. So kind of talk about that a little bit and how that kind of the digital marketing side kind of balances things for you. Um, what types of offers are you putting out there to get new people into the facility? How has that worked for you in your business?
4: Yeah, well, first to address your your comment of people are afraid of the digital marketing. I was one of those who was afraid of the digital marketing. I don't know the platform. I don't know, you know, really anything about it. Uh, so I find when you don't know anything about it, the best thing to do is to hand it off to somebody who does. Mm-hmm. So we actually have a, a a marketing firm that handles all of our Facebook and and Instagram and and LinkedIn digital marketing for us. So all I basically have to do is set the spend what I want to pay for it, and they they develop all that. So that took the fear out of it. And mm-hmm. that is our number one driver of, of new clients without a doubt. So it's really more of us just monitoring what our spend is, what we want to to put into the advertising. Um, so I don't know if that answers your question as well as you wanted it to be, yeah. but it's really a hands-off, more control to spend and let somebody else who knows what they're doing, do it.
3: Right, yes, absolutely. That's an important point there. Uh, you know, Hiring somebody to either do it for you if you don't know how to do it or yeah. hiring somebody to teach you how to do it. It yeah. is absolutely, in my opinion, one of the most important skills that you can learn as a business owner because it allows you to be able to feed the business whenever you need to. Sure. So very well, the important. Other,
4: the other aspect that I look at is, is time. As a business owner, your time yes. is valuable and to develop ads and to understand, you know, your targeted customer and how those ads hit, I don't have time or expertise to do that. Yes. So I would much rather spend my money on somebody else who can take the time and knows what they're doing.
3: Yes, thank you for saying that because there are so many of these conversations that I have where it's the opposite, you know, people have no problem spending an entire day at a community event, you know, Mm -hmm. And, and that's great. If you want to be involved in the community, that's one thing, but don't rely on that to generate leads for the business. Yeah. You know, people don't look at time and money the same, you know, right. it's like, they'd rather spend time than money, but you can make more money. You can't make more time.
4: Absolutely. And, and to be very honest with you, I found the most probably inefficient way of advertising and marketing is community events. Yes um for, for the absolute time you spend doing it, for what you get in return, it's just not worth it. Yes. we'll do a few here and there. Uh, and we've got a couple specialty niches that we do very well with with the golf community. I spend time at golf courses with you know with instructors and things like that because what we do really plays an impact on that. But even that is, you know what it's more that I love golf and so it's you know, it's something I'm a passion for.
3: right. right, absolutely yeah. I mean, there are so many, so many gym owners that I talk to on a daily basis that spend so much time yeah. at these community events and and really rely on those and referrals and word of mouth just because they're kind of afraid to get into yeah. the digital marketing side of things they don't want to spend money but they'll spend all that time and it's like well wait a minute you could be in your facility helping somebody for those 8 hours rather yeah. than you know out yeah. hoping crossing your fingers that you get a couple of of leads that are they going to even turn into paying members or clients? You know, it's
4: yeah. Well, and when you actually do cost per lead analysis,
2: mm-hmm.
4: um, digital marketing is, is far superior to anything else as far as cost per lead. Yes. Uh, I think if you break it down to that, it's very simple to go into digital marketing and again, let, let somebody who knows what they're doing handle it for you.
3: Exactly. Right. And then you can get it down to a point where. It's like, okay, if I spend X amount of dollars, I can expect to see X amount of people walk in the door on a monthly basis. It's trackable. If you can yeah. track it, you can grow it. Whereas yeah. the the other stuff, it's not trackable. You know, it's not reliable. So it's very hard to kind of predict the growth and plan within the business if you don't have something that's trackable.
4: Sure. And you're also, you're relying on other people in community marketing to to kind of do their job. So, yes. You know, if you're playing an event with somebody and they don't take the time to generate interest and get people there, then you've just wasted all of your time doing it. Right. And I much prefer spend my time in the studio following up with clients and and you know, making building that connection with the clients. That's where time is well spent.
3: Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And the the other thing people don't really think about is, you know, the people that are coming to your facility only know so many people. Mm -hmm. right that are in the area first of all and then of those people how many are into fitness and then of those people how many are looking for a new gym
4: right and how many want to spend money and how many you know there's so many variables that you can add on to that
3: yes yep there's so many factors that play into that and it 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 seems like a really big market but it's not you know so very limited there all right so now uh as far as goals go or or things that you're working on within the business? Where are you directing most of your attention to right now within the business as far as growth goes?
4: So our goal, and it's interesting, I'm having a staff meeting just tomorrow and we're really focusing on this. Uh, Our number one goal right now is, is retention. It's retention of our active clients. We're at a point now, not saying that we can't grow, but we're at the high end of, of what our studio capacity is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think 200 clients is probably going to be the upper end for our size, our scheduling time and things like that. So, you know, we're, we're looking at a possible growth of 15 or 20 percent tops. And you're now to the point where it's more important. I shouldn't say more important, but it's equally as important to retain all the clients that you have. Yes. So um, that's really going to be our focus is to really keep that client retention up, maximize that client experience and, of course, still bring in new clients as well. Um, And then my goal on top of that is to continue advancing my staff uh, to increase their responsibilities and how they're doing things, because eventually I want to be able to step away a little bit more and open another facility. Um, but you don't want to open another facility. If you think all of a sudden you're going to lose 30 or 40% of your clients, if you step away, right. So really staff development and retention of clients is what my focus is right now.
3: Okay. And as far as retention goes, what does that look like for you right now? I mean, industry average is three to six months for mm-hmm. the lifetime of a client. So, uh, Are your clients typically sticking around for longer than that? What does that look like for you?
4: Yeah, we have a very, very high retention rate and a very high loyalty rate at the exercise coach. I think a big part of that is who our client base is. Uh, We're baby boomers and older. We're busy professionals. You know, twice a week, 20 minutes are what our sessions are. It really fits into their lifestyle. And we we have data-driven equipment that shows them progress, proof of progress. Uh So for our clients... We have a very, very good retention rate. Uh, we average 98% retention every month. Um, most of our clients stay anywhere from 12 months to five years. Um, so it's, it's a lifestyle for them. So yeah. that's how that looks for us. And that's where mm-hmm. I think the focus on that. The main things we focus on, session attendance, right? I find a direct correlation. If you have people that are coming in there twice a week, they're going to stay, if all of a sudden you see people falling off and they're okay, maybe they got in twice last month, maybe they got in three times the month before that, um, you know that they're, they're on their way out. So we really focus on making sure people have their appointments preset, recurring appointments all the time, and make sure that they come in. If they're late, we, we text them, we call them, you're on your way, do we need to reschedule? Uh, so our focus is really getting them into um, the studio and getting their sessions in now obviously there's more to it than that you got to make sure they're getting their results and everything else but the number one thing that i see with retention is if they get their sessions in if they're if yes. they're really feeling like they're getting a value for what they're doing
3: right absolutely and yeah a lot of that comes with accountability, you know, just kind of holding people accountable, making sure that they're actually coming into the gym, they're sticking to the plan to actually get to the results that they're looking for. And then, you know, once people start to see results, they're far more likely to stick around and continue coming. Um, So definitely an important piece there. Now, are there any other services that you provide to your clients within the gym, whether that be nutrition or... um, supplementation, anything of that
4: nature? We we have a nutrition plan and it's very, very effective. We will do it on an individual basis. We also do twice a year uh, what we call our, our metabolic comeback challenge. Uh, where we'll, we'll have a 30-day period that will make it as a studio challenge with the competition and awards that we can do. And we do that every February and every September. Um, but then on top of that, if anybody wants to do it at any point in time on their own, we administer the whole process. So we have a whole nutrition plan and everything else that works within what we do.
3: Yes, absolutely. I love that. And Mm -hmm. is that something that you find typically when you do run that metabolic challenge? Is that something that draws new people in or is that something you run internally?
4: It's more internally. Um, You know, we will do some marketing and advertising with it at the time and we will draw a few new people in, Mm -hmm. but it's more really as a service within the studio to our existing clients. And uh, it it really kind of, I think, more cements the loyalty of what we do and the process of how we do it than anything else. So it's not really a big outside lead in for people to come in.
3: Right. Okay. got it. All right, Uh, so now one thing I always love to ask about with every gym owner that I speak with is if you could provide a piece of advice to somebody who is considering going their own way and opening their own facility and doing their own thing, what would that be? What's one of the most important things you've learned along the way?
4: Um, So yeah, I can tell you, it's very simple. The biggest thing that I learned is don't go into it understaffed and underfunded, Mm
5: -hmm. right?
4: Don't go into it and open up and think, okay, I'm just going to do this by myself, right? And then when I get enough people on, I'll bring people in. Uh, the reality is you want to staff to where you want to be, not to where you're at, because you really slow down that process along the way. And you know, don't go into it thinking, okay, I'm going to spend the bare minimum because I want to conserve my you know, my funds. It, you know, the, the thing that's going to really set your goal is that opening right? That sets the temperature for where you're going. And if you come out of the gate hot, you're going to stay hot. So don't undervalue what you put into the business right out of the gate. It comes back to you tenfold.
3: Yes, yes, absolutely. And now as far as staffing goes, Mm couple of questions around this because this is an area that a lot of gym owners really struggle with you know they struggle with finding the right people they struggle with being able to pay them well to make them want to stick around a lot of the time um so how have you found the people that you have and you know are you structuring payment for them in a way that's appealing that separates you from other facilities and makes them stick around for a long period of time
4: well um it's really it's a it's a complicated question yeah Um, so first of all i would say you have to look at staffing almost as a puzzle today because Mm -hmm. one of the biggest things people are looking for is flexibility
3: yeah Um,
4: right now for 170 clients we have six trainers including myself wow now on surface that's a lot right Mm -hmm. But the reality is I have two full-time trainers, myself and my lead trainer. And then I have one trainer who works two days a week from 11 till eight. I have another trainer who works three days a week from three to eight. I have another trainer who can only right now work one day a week from, you know, seven in the morning till one o'clock in the afternoon. Now they're all really good quality people and they've done a terrific job for me, but you got to kind of find where they fit. So at the end of the day, I'm, I'm paying 146 hours of training out of six trainers. So it sounds like a lot, but you've just got to kind of, it's one of the things people want is flexibility. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly our wages have gone up. We're competitive within the, in the industry, but I wouldn't say we're doing anything extra and beyond as far as actual base pay than anybody mm-hmm. else. I just think it's a really, we've developed a really great working environment for our trainers. And that's a yes. big part of it. You know, particularly young people today, they really want to be happy and fun in what they want to do. As you can uh-huh. tell, I'm a little more old school, right? And it was get up at four and stay till nine. And they don't want to do that anymore. And staff doesn't want to do that. So you got to really accommodate to what your staff you know, is looking for. Uh-huh. So I've got five really talented people that I just work around their schedule. Uh, along the way, I offer incentives along the way. Again, I mentioned we're having a staff meeting tomorrow afternoon they're going to get bonuses every one of them because we had a great first quarter and so reward them that way um, yes. and i just find those little you know occasional hey here's an extra 100 bucks here's an extra gift certificate for you and your family to go to this event and whatever else it is those things really hit home and i think solidify more of what you do
3: yes Yeah, absolutely. Little kind of gestures along the way. They go a long way. And and the staff really tend to appreciate those things. So awesome. All right. So now as we start to wrap up here, where can the listeners find you on social media?
4: So we have our own Facebook site, Dire Exercise Coach on Facebook. Um, And that ties into our Instagram. we also have a LinkedIn site as well. Um, But Facebook is our number one social media outlet as far as advertising and everything else. We also have our own website, uh, www.exercisecoachdier.com. So they can check us out and look us up and, and get all the information they need out of us.
3: Perfect. All righty. Pretty straightforward there. So Dave from The Exercise Coach in Dyer, Indiana, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. It's been great having you on the show. Thanks, Bree. Appreciate it very much. Absolutely. So all the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you will be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, keep killing it out there and we will catch you on the flip side. Jim lords out.
0: Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors.
6: Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to gym owners about fitness business in the trenches, changing lives in their area. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with with my guest, general manager of Hendrick Health Club in Abilene, Texas, Ron Richard. How are you doing today?
5: Doing great. How are you doing?
6: I am doing fantastic, sir. Excited to get in. Uh, This is a little bit of a unique outside the box, no pun intended, Uh, set up for us here. So um, let's get into it. Tell us uh, about Hendrick Health Club, uh, hospital-owned, kind of a but still public facility. Give us the lowdown here.
5: Yeah, I would say we're probably kind of a unicorn, honestly. Uh, So we're a single system hospital in the middle of the state of Texas. uh, That's, you know, three hospitals. We're not owned by a big corporate um, hospital wing. We're actually a Christian hospital. And 26 years ago, they decided to open a health club, and uh, I was there, so uh, we, we bought a small rehab facility, and uh, it was not where I wanted to start my gym, but uh, it's it's what was available at the time, and we've grown since then into a much larger facility, 20,000 square feet, and then just recently, I was telling you, uh, started a south side facility at another hospital that they bought, so... That's kind of, a, in a nutshell, 26 years, I guess, and lots has happened in between there.
6: Yeah, yeah, I'm sure there, there have been a lot of milestones here, and um, it, interesting, even in, in your position, you know, a lot of our guests, a high percentage, are, are gym owners, but in this case, you have, it sounds like, a lot of the responsibility of of the owner, a lot of the, the control of what goes on, but... With the backing of you know big corporate entity like a hospital, um, sure. there's there's going to be some some uh, pros and and differences to that. I don't even know if I would say that that there are cons. Yeah, there's the, the definitely some pros and cons.
5: I think did I just lose our recording?
6: Cool.
5: So with that, we've got
6: with got the pros of a of a corporate backer, and then really I I think that the only con that's obvious or that sticks out to me would be the kind of the same thing. A lot of us who have an entrepreneurial spirit might be that ultimately we have to report to somebody, but other than that, uh, what is that like for you on, on both sides? There having, um, you know, the, the responsibility of now being in charge of both of these facilities, but not, not quite in the
5: ownership role. Well, I mean, I would say, obviously the pros are when you have COVID, Uh, my team still had a job. Now they were screeners in the hospital, uh, you know, mopping the floors up on the seventh floor and different things, but we did have a job and were paid through COVID, uh, when the gym shut down for two months. Um, the, the other pros are, uh, we've been able to expand quite a few times and I didn't have to write a check at the bank. Um, cons are it takes longer working for a, uh, a large corporation. I mean, the first time I wanted to expand, it took eight years. And there was many times that I said, you know what, I'm going to open my own gym, we're going to, I'm going to just do this. I'm glad I didn't, because I learned along the way that maybe I wasn't ready for all the things that, uh, that I thought I was going to be ready for. And so, you know, getting to learn uh, how to run personal training systems, how to run group exercise systems, how to run a gym and and manage a team as opposed to being a personal trainer. Um, I, I had a little bit more security while learning those things than most people would. Yeah,
6: yeah, for sure. lots of lots of upside there. And I mean, you've been there twenty eight years, so it's it kind of speaks to that, right? Somebody with that much experience in the industry over the years, i'm I'm sure. Um, I don't want to get you in hot water there, but I'm sure if you wanted to look for opportunities, they probably would have been there for you, but they've, they've clearly made a good path for you, treated you in such a way that you've stuck, uh, you know, stuck with them for this long. So let's talk about some of the, um, you know, the milestones along the way for you. I know there's there's been a couple of, of different changes and now even leading up to opening the second club. So what would you say some of the the big big accomplishments, big milestones have been for you in your time with the company?
5: Well, I'd say, I'd say honestly, the first one, when they bought this facility, we thought it could hold 600 people. And uh, it was so small. It was actually shared with cardiac rehab. It was 5,000 square feet. We had about 3,000 for the fitness side of it. And a thousand of that was a swimming pool. And we filled the swimming pool up really quickly and and started uh, leasing a pool from the rehab center so that we could have space but we got up to 1300 members so I thought that was that's a pretty big milestone for us but it necessitated cardiac rehab leaving the building and it becoming kind of what you would say commercial type fitness center and back in 04 we we did our first expansion where we added locker rooms kids zone group exercise rooms training center um and from that, we were able to kind of prove to the hospital, hey, this, this is a draw to the community. And then we expanded a couple times after that.
6: Awesome. And, and that, one of the things that um, stood out to me is I, I've seen different hospital-owned facilities and in a lot of instances, the idea is it's, uh, we know all the benefits from a corporate standpoint of of wellness programs and physical fitness for employees a lot of them are just open to employees and families and uh, you know maybe some contractors but the idea for most of the time of this facility or facilities now has been to be a public access space correct
5: yeah that we were originally trying to get the community to come over to the north side of town and it's funny i have a lot to thank a lady named Maggie Guitar from london She came down back when there was no personal training, and she's like, Ron, I want a personal trainer. And I was like, oh, you don't need that with us. We'll help you. And she's like, no, I want to pay somebody. And so we had to figure that whole thing out. This was like before there was personal trainers in Texas. And uh, so from her, that kind of grew to a pretty big personal training team. And I think we just kind of became known as the place to, to get help in town as opposed to most of the hospital fitness centers are just a, I'm not talking in a bad way about them, but they may be just a place to exercise with equipment. And we, probably because I was a personal trainer, I wanted to have a personal training studio more than I wanted to have a gym. And so a lot of our, a lot of our uh, business systems grew out of the personal training side as opposed to the big box commercial gym side.
6: it. And now approximately two thirds of your clientele base is not hospital
5: related. That's true. Yes. Yeah, that's a community or a lot of the different uh, corporations around town have memberships with us too.
6: Okay, so let's, let's talk a little bit about um, the facility and what fulfillment looks like on that side, because uh, on the surface, it looks like a general access gym, you know general you know pay your membership come work out do whatever you want to do but you've flipped that in a, a, a larger than average uh, percentage of your population is participating in in some type of instructor-led training personal training something like that so um, how have you made that more of the focus for something where it's not the norm it probably wouldn't be most people's expectations of facilities like yours
5: well, I guess one of the main ones, like I said, we were doing personal training uh, before a lot of people in town were. And so we had a personal training manager on one side that was trying to grow all of our personal training systems, really train good in-house personal trainers that that they've stayed with us for a long time uh, just because of the systems we've built to help grow their clients. And then on the other side of it, we, we decided uh, let's get Les Mills uh, Group Fitness, and we became pretty good at that. I didn't know anything about it at the time, but we started kind of leading the nation at this is how many people are checking in to do our classes, and when we did one of our expansions, we were like, wow, let's go ahead, and so we added three group exercise rooms. So at 5 o'clock, you've got a cycle cinema that's like an IMAX cycle cinema. You have two other group rooms, a large one and a medium-sized one. And then we have the pool, but that that manager over group fitness is kind of competing to grow their numbers. And then the training manager is kind of competing to grow their numbers. And then I don't really care on the gym check-in numbers. I want those two numbers to grow because I've seen that people that connect into one of those two programs are more likely to stay with us. They're more longer to pay with us, but they're also the ones that are going to get results and tell other people about us. So. I don't want you to just hop on the treadmill or, you know, do your own workout, you can do that at much cheaper places than our facility. Yeah, so it's just
6: really a matter of what, what you've embraced, what you've encouraged along the way, and some of the, um, you, you know, you did mention that the people who participate in those end up being longer-term members, they're more engaged and to that end, you've also, uh, you use something called Perkville to reward people for checking in, for being more engaged, for for visiting. So that also would tie into, you know, lifetime of a client to retention. Um, how, how does that work? And where do you see the benefits of, of using a system like that versus some of the other things that are
5: out there? Well, I mean, obviously, I've been doing this for a while back in the days when we would just use a uh, you know, a clipboard on the wall and put tick marks to try to win a T-shirt, you know, dangle a carrot in front of somebody to now having it automated. So Parkville, what that really does, it kind of ties in with our computer software and you can reward people. Um, There's several different programs out there, but you can reward them for check-ins. You can reward them for spending money at the club. It'll remind them on their birthdays. It'll automatically be sending them emails and congratulating them for coming into the club. And then it will. The more check-ins they do, the more reward points they get. Um, so the goal for us, and really in fitness in general, if you can get somebody to come in more than eight times a month, you're winning. If it's less than eight times a month, they're on the way out probably. So we're trying to just keep people coming in more, and uh, that that's one of the ways that we do it. If I can do it automated as opposed to have to have a staff member do it, I'm looking for as many automated things as I'm not as good as I used to be. The brain doesn't work. So if I can find ways to do things with computers uh, that don't cost us a lot of money, uh, I'm going to try to do that.
6: Yeah, lots of embracing technology on that side. And, and one of the things um, that you've, you've gotten into with that is also in uh, using it for some of your, your client services for some of the things they can do. Uh, we talked about you're one of the first gyms Uh, in i don't know if it was in the country or just in texas to have this cinema imax uh version we were the your spin studio so um it it sounds like again trying to trying to leverage technology there for on both sides so tell me how that came about
5: yeah so that was i challenged our group fitness manager because our cycling programs were kind of dropping down i did not have an idea that she was going to come up with this but uh Basically, uh, we ended up being the 66th one in the world and uh, the sixth one in the United States, first one in the state of Texas, but it's a uh, IMAX multiple multiple projector wraparound screen. Um, I hear there's a guy in Dubois that has one that's 40 feet high and 180 feet around, wow. but um, I don't know that guy personally. It sounds but ours like is a- to me. Yeah, it it is. And uh, I've heard that it doesn't make money. It's just so that his friends can drink beer and ride in the cycle cinema. But uh, ours is 40 foot around. Um, It's about 18 feet high and you ride in virtual worlds. So there's like a computer system that's running these uh, CGI generated movies and it takes your mind off of exercise. But we thought it would draw people over to the facility just to go, what in the world is that? let me try that. And then maybe they plug into some of our other things. So um, we launched that about two years ago and uh, was doing great before COVID. And then nobody really wanted to stay in a small cycle cinema, but it's picked back up now. So we're, we're glad everybody is, uh, you know, mask off riding bikes again. So.
6: For sure. All right. So let's switch gears here a little bit to kind of the, the operation side client life cycle, uh, one of the things that stood out was you are at a, at a distinct advantage. You've got somebody on staff uh, who's a trainer who also works doing some of your marketing and um, in, in web development, which those two skill sets usually don't intersect, but fortunately for you, they do. So how do you make use of that and, and how have you been able to combine those roles to, uh, to start the top of your funnel?
5: Sure. Well, I've got uh, Andrew Bustos. He's our training manager, but he also has Bustos Digital Media and Bustos Training, but he is great at uh, website development. And so basically, if I come up with something that says, hey, we need to create a funnel electronically, um, he can do it in about a weekend for us. And so um, basically, our website is designed to draw people into a six-week no commitment training experience and uh, let them try both facilities, let them plug into any of our classes. And then electronically through our app, book all of their sessions without having to connect to a trainer and say, hey, do you by chance have a 4.30? They can look at North or South and go, I wanna do a 4.30 today, I wanna do a 5.30 tomorrow. And they're allowed to work with different trainers. So uh, let's say somebody wanted to work with Andrew They may not get him at 4.30, but they may get another trainer. The next day they might get Andrew. And uh, the system works on the backside to uh, tally off their sessions um, and then to keep track of them in our our funnel until we can ask for the sale and say, hey, do you want to do one of our training memberships as opposed to our normal gym access membership, I guess is what you would call just a regular walk-in, use the treadmill in classes.
6: Got it. Got it. And how long have you been using the, uh, this six-week six experience with personal training as your primary front-end
5: offer? Well, that, that's kind of the weird thing. So our north side was using a seven-day free trial and then just trying to sell personal training sessions. Our south side that we opened up, the hospital bought a standalone gym when they bought a south side hospital. We remodeled it last summer. And then kind of in August, we launched it to the public with this six-week training experience over on that small facility. Mm
1: -hmm. And
5: it was kind of like, hey, if I could start fresh, how would I put people in? And we were tracking it. It was working really well. Um, We kept trying to have a grand opening. And COVID kept saying, hey, no, don't bring everybody in and have a huge festival. But first of April, we had a big outdoor health and fitness festival and brought a bunch of vendors launched that to the public. And then in May, we brought that system over to the north side. So it, I guess we've done the system for six months, but mm-hmm. I haven't done it at our biggest gym until you know a week ago. But we, we kind of piloted, learned how to do it, learned what mistakes we were making, learned if we put too many people into that funnel, we couldn't service them well. Um, so we figured out a price point that I think will keep our funnel big enough uh, that people will try it, but small enough to not be, uh, so many people doing it that we can't service them during their six weeks. And, you know, that wouldn't be a good thing if they don't end up buying training afterwards.
6: Right. Right. And that was one of the things that I was, I was interested in is, you know, for our, you know, the, uh, the pricing for it is on your website. So are you, are you okay if we dive into what that
5: looks sure. like? Yeah, that's fine.
6: So it's, it's $189 and they get six weeks of access to your gym. That's, you know, come work out on your own, come take classes, and then eight sessions with the trainer of their choice that they can
5: move around to, correct? Correct. And then they have an assessment too that they start with a trainer.
6: Okay. So from, from where I
5: sit, that
6: sounds like a, a heck of a deal if there ever was one. I mean, that's you know, any part of that six weeks of just group training at some gyms can cost you that. And then you layer on some other stuff. So for you, um, you know, without getting into the behind the scenes economics of it, do, do you feel like you're able to do it at such a low rate because most of your trainers are on staff so you can offset it versus, you know, having to account directly for, uh, sessions that are purchased paying a contractor things well, like well
5: I, th- I think the way we can afford it our trainers are also they do have uh, clients that pay per session mm-hmm. and so they had built-in revenue from that and then we were able to just say hey I'll guarantee you each of these trainers take let's say you take five slots a week we're going to pay you whether somebody shows up to that slot or not but we're not going to pay you as much as we did when you, when you have, you know, clients. And so they, they wanted to take the sessions because it was a, they're going to get paid no matter what, but Mm -hmm. then also they may not, they don't do them full time. That's not all they do. So yes, I think that helps. If I'd had to have uh, one trainer do all of those sessions, they would be moving from the North side to the South side, you know, they'd be driving all over the place. And so I basically have four trainers that are willing to do that. And they're at the two different locations at different times. And uh,
6: And does this come for them packaged uh, for the trainers sort of as um, a paid, paid audition, a paid opportunity for them to start a relationship with a client and eventually move them into a training relationship that, that they'd be back yeah. to normal? Yeah, to for sure.
5: Um, I would say, um, there's two kinds of people that come through this. One of them just stays on it and buys our more expensive packages. Uh, I won't tell you what all those cost, but That's there's fine. other packages. I'll just say they're 189 and up sure. a month after, after they get done. Uh, I've yet to have somebody buy my $7.99, but I've got it on a sheet, you know, $7.99 a month package. But um, some people will do that ongoing, and then some people we will will say, hey, you know what, I would like to have this trainer privately at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. when we don't have any sessions at those times. They, you know, they buy sessions with that trainer, and so they, they get both. They're, they're fed through both funnels, I guess new clients that are using them in times that they're not on these sessions and then obviously they get consistent revenue from the sessions that they take of the, um, of the training experience. Sure okay
6: and then you have it built into in the middle of the training experience they have some site, uh, sort of consultation where Uh, they have the opportunity to convert to a member there. And then again, at the end of the experience, correct?
5: Yeah. And I think that helps us too. our fitness sales team. So I would say our initial sales contact is trying to help this person, you know, by getting them set up on their app. They're trying to, they're, they're invested in them doing well during the six weeks also And they're also not going to get paid a commission unless that person converts to either a member or a personal training client at the end of the six weeks. So they're following up and the trainers are following up. So kind of everybody on our team has a vested interest to keep this person after the 189. And and like you're saying, the 189 is kind of a lost leader. Yes, we're making a tiny bit of money on it if we get volumes, but it's really that's our feeder to grow after that, a membership or a personal training. And uh, we have kind of checkpoints for the fitness sales team to do and checkpoints for the trainers to do. But the trainers, we try to leave it to where they can just give the person a great experience when they show up on the app. And I have found that most trainers really don't like the sales portion as much. And if they can just show up and help the client, um, they do a good job of that. And so the salesperson is really the one that's asking for the sale again halfway point and at the end.
6: And last question on, on this topic. Sure. Do you have a, a goal, a specific measure of success for you when it comes to what percentage of these people? I, I mean, I know we'd like 100% of them to convert, but do you have a number in mind that, that you think would makes this Um, a successful campaign that of those people that convert into full-time memberships?
5: Sure. I'll, I'll tell you what our numbers have been for the South side, the North side, like I said, just started this. So our goal was that anybody that called or walked through the door, 30% of them would do the funnel and not just join the gym. Cause we are kind of, you know, like I said, a big box gym. So we're trying to get 30% of them to do the training funnel. And then of those, um, I mean, we have a pretty high percentage. It's not 100%, but we're looking at like 95% to at least join the gym, um, which th- we've been able to maintain that. So they're at least joining the gym. As far as the training membership goes, I'm trying to get 30% to half of them to actually do one of our training memberships afterwards. And we're, we're kind of hovering between that, 30 to 50%. I don't know what will happen once we put it into our – larger gym but we've got more uh time slots available and more trainers available so i'm hopeful we can maintain those 30 to 50 percent of them doing training memberships uh and then it just becomes can we retain them as training clients uh, but i haven't been doing it long enough to to know what our percentages are like a year later are they still sure. a training training member well Lo- sure. love yeah. to come back and do one of these and go all right i'm Money's flying out of
6: my pockets so. now. Absolutely. So that kind of, as we start to wind down our time here, um, brings me to to just that. Um, you got, you know, this new gym that's that's finally gotten to have its grand opening. You've got the program um, of your six week training experience launching at the the bigger gym. Um, you know, so those two things are going to be the main focus you know, if we were to visit you, let's say we came back, you know, in a year uh, and those things are rocking and rolling, any other things that you, you want to put in place? Is it ultimately just going to be a matter of um, continuing with those things? Or are there other plans down the line that you'd like to put in motion with the facilities?
5: Well, I think my plan, honestly, like I said, the small facility that we started at the South side, Mm -hmm. um, it's easier to be profitable in that smaller facility than it is the north side. And the north side has a lot more volume driven, which uh, hasn't completely recovered after COVID. So my goal is that the south side model is so profitable that the hospital lets us either expand that south side one or open another south side one that is, that is bigger Because it it will fill up. It's only five thousand square feet, so there is a limit to how many training clients we can have at a at a certain time, and still be a membership based facility. There, that's my goal.
6: You definitely have some some exciting times ahead of you. Lots of lots of things going on. Lots to look forward to. So I certainly, whether we can get you back on the air or not, look forward to checking in and and following along with that progress. We are just about officially out of time here, Ron. But before I let you go, uh, if people want to find out more about the facilities, uh, look it up, see what you're doing. Uh, Website, social media, where can they find you?
5: Yeah, HendrickHealthClub.com. H-E-N-D-R-I-C-K HealthClub.com. Probably the easiest place to find me or find the gym. And that's also Hendrick Health Club and Hendrick Health Club South is kind of our Instagram handle. So that should get you there if you search Hendrick Health Club Abilene, Texas, and uh, be glad to answer any questions if anybody had them.
6: All right, man. Well, I greatly appreciate your time. Thank you for being here with us today, and I wish you continued success.
5: Thank you. Enjoy the cooler weather up there. (laughs)
6: <laughs> yeah, new, new England's not too bad this time of year. No. Uh, everybody everybody out there listening, we appreciate you. Thanks for spending part of your day with us. If you'd like to hear more episodes like this, click the subscribe button. We'll notify you new episodes drop. To everyone out there in Jim Lords Nation, keep working hard, keep changing lives. Jim Lords out.